What is good, Ambush? And welcome to this week's episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. I am your host here on the DTP. I am Colton G. And this week on the show, I am joined by singer-songwriter Sycamore as we discuss her latest EP, her brand new EP, California King. How new is it? Well, it just dropped today, and we're going to be giving you a lot of details about it, and of course about a lot of other things too. And we're also going to give you a little bit of a brief description about Sycamore, before we jump into that conversation with her here today. But before we do that, we have to take care of a little bit of business. So first and foremost, I just want to thank those of you who go and check out ilovedtp.com. You guys already know that it's the best place where you can go ahead and support the Desert Tiger podcast, and it's also the place Or you go ahead and cop yourself some sweet Desert Tiger podcast merch so that you can rep the show every single place that you happen to go. This week's show is also brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering you guys the Ambush, one free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership of the Audible service. You can check that out at audibletrial.com slash deserttiger. Alright! Sycamore's songwriting is equal parts country and pop. Mixing intimate reflection and empathetic storytelling with instantly memorable hooks and sing-along choruses that capture the emotional roller coaster of youth and young love. Her arrangements are eclectic and infectious to match drawing on everything from George Strait to George Michael with performances that practically beg you to hit the highway with the volume up and the windows down. The result is an infectious collection all about honesty and vulnerability, about the strength and freedom we can unlock by embracing our truest selves, delivered by an artist who's learned everything she knows from a lifetime of listening. The daughter of two rodeo diehards from Stampede Country, Canada, it only makes sense that Sycamore's passion and fire couldn't be contained as it led her to many opportunities, like being nominated for the prestigious CCMA Discovery Award in 2015, to eventually moving to Nashville and releasing her first EP in the same year. The connection between Nashville and that CCMA award show happens to be a conversation, a connection, that started in 2015 after Sycamore followed songwriting heavyweight Rhett Akins, who then took an interest in her music and began helping her to continue laying the foundation even further, which leads us to today, April 3rd, 2020, in which Sycamore is now proud to release her second EP, California King, her first EP to feature the lessons and influences that her travels to Nashville have brought into her, and what she feels is the best expression of herself as an artist yet, as she also lets go of the boundaries 
she once had and embraces her earlier influences as well. Day Sycamore joins the Desert Tiger podcast to discuss her journeys from the prairies of Alberta to the song-writing mecca of Nashville, Tennessee. We discuss the growth between her first EP, Self Medicine, and her new EP, California King. We also dive into a few of the songs off of that new EP, a few of them which we're going to be playing for you today on this episode of the podcast. So why don't we go ahead and give one of those a spin before we jump into this convo with Sycamore. And of course, this is the title track off of the EP. This is California King. Bet you think I know your name already. You walk around like you deserve a Think that I'll free fall, you're so tall and petty Like I've heard about you all over town So get down off your white horse tonight You're such a California king The kind you fall for at 17 Look in the mirror
The Desert Tiger Podcast. Oh, hi. Hey, how are you? I'm doing quite well, and how about yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you for taking the time. No, no worries. Thank you as well. How are you enjoying your quarantine? <laughs> Sadly, um, part of the time I am considered an essential worker, so... You're not totally quarantined. I am not totally quarantined, unfortunately. No. Okay, I see. Well, thank you for doing your essential work. Yeah, I work in communications. Awesome. Yeah, um, there's a lot of kids out on farms right now who apparently need to be connected to school, so... <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, thank you for doing your essential work. <laughs> <laughs> No worries. Thank you. Um, how are you enjoying your quarantine? It's pretty boring, but with the timing of this release, I've actually had quite a bit to do. So I'm able to stay pretty busy um, for the last two weeks at least. So that's been good. Okay. Well, that's good. Was the, was uh, April 3rd your originally scheduled release date? Yeah, it was always April 3rd. There are a few other things that got moved because of... Uh, the state of things, but so we kept the release date. Um, it's always been planned for April 3. Okay, that's awesome. That's awesome that you're still able to keep everything going ahead and moving forward with that then. Yeah. Okay, so um, I do want to dive into like a little bit about like some of your background as a musician and ever everything else, and I want to dive a little bit more into the EP there, but since we're on the topic of the quarantine, I kind of want to just ask, how has the quarantine affected the release of the EP that's coming up soon? Mostly just for the obvious reasons, I think we probably a bit more live appearances if we could and maybe travel a little bit um, just to celebrate the release and obviously that stuff's been tabled and then the other thing that's changed it is just me having to do a lot of the stuff remotely like I've had to shoot a lot of promotional stuff by myself in my house and I probably normally would have done that down at the record label with the help of staff and so it's just been a little more DIY maybe than I anticipated but it's still been going really smoothly so I'm thankful for that for sure. Are you editing those videos as well? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dang. Did you have much experience with that sort of thing beforehand? Yeah, it's something I, I'm not amazing at it, but I have a working knowledge of, like, Final Cut, and so um, it's the editing really isn't isn't the the deal for me. It's, it's more just setting up in a slightly less controlled environment, like my apartment in Nashville. You know, there's neighbor sound, and there's, humming of fridges and things like that and so it's not exactly the most ideal environment to shoot in but um the editing process it doesn't really um intimidate me that much okay well that's good to hear so uh, that's another thing i actually wanted to get into today is just how you're staying um connected with your fans during this time and part of that has been some of these videos like the uh top things that you're, you're must-haves and things like that. Is there... Right. What other ways do you have planned to stay connected with your audience during this uh, quarantine time? I think we have a few <clears throat> Instagram Lives planned. Um, those are really great to stay connected and, you know, in real time, get to be able to talk to your fans. So on release day, we're definitely doing one with an outlet called Sounds Like Nashville. And then I think I might actually do one just on my personal Instagram 
on Saturday after the release just to um, maybe play some stuff acoustically and talk about um, the making of the EP maybe in a little more in-depth. And maybe people want to tell me the, you know, favorite songs or whatever. So the lives definitely help artists at a time like this and, uh, you know, get it to guess with outlets like yours where everyone's really down to just um, do a Zoom call or do a phone call. Like, I think everyone's really thankful for video conferences right now. <laughs> yes, it's times like these where we definitely have to use the technology that we have available to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, definitely. Doing that sort of live show, that's sort of kind of like that live Instagram that sort of couldn't replace maybe the uh, live audience um, album release show type thing for now. Yeah, the virtual, virtual release party. Exactly. Well, I'll take it for now. <laughs> for sure. Until you can go and pack a house full of all of your friends and finally connect and actually shake each other's hands and maybe even hug. Yeah, seriously. Sounds like a hollow dream now. <laughs> it's crazy to think that it's only just been a month. I know. It's nuts. All right. Well, let's take a little bit of a dive off of the quarantine speak just so we can take a little bit of a break. I mean, it's always good to stay connected with these things. Like, we don't want to bury our hand- heads in the sand, but it's also good to not concentrate on it right. all of the time. Yeah, exactly. So I want to dive into a little bit of your background. I, I've read in my research that you grew up in Stampede Territory. Yes, I did. The daughter of two people who uh, met at a rodeo. So you yourself, were you big into the rodeo scene? Were you someone who was growing up riding a lot of horses? Yeah, I did for years, probably until I was about 14 or 15. And then I was a little more into, like, sports in high school, and so kind of took a backseat to that, and then I actually got injured, and then after I got injured is when I started getting into music, (laughs) so, um, like, everything kind of started with rodeo and riding, and then I kind of, just circumstances made me branch out into other things. Before you got injured, were you, did you play much for music beforehand? Like, did you play guitar before you got injured there? Oh, and uh, that's probably the the last instrument or the latest instrument I've learned to play. I started, like, in college, and so that was, it was probably, like, right around the time I was starting to write songs. It was the same time I was learning guitar. (laughs) But as a kid, I liked to sing, and, and I got opportunities to sing at church and at school. So it was always something I enjoyed doing, but I didn't really have much of an outlet as far as songwriting, and so it really kind of took shape after I learned guitar and started writing songs on guitar, and then it became a different animal. Okay, were you writing a lot of poetry before you started learning the guitar, though? Yeah, I I really liked poetry and um, just creative writing in general. It was like my favorite subject in school and so I've definitely always really been inclined to literature and that side of art um it just never really occurred to me kind of before probably before like my last year of high school that I could ever write a song it just never really I guess I don't want to say it didn't interest me but I just didn't really know anything about it I didn't know anyone who did it and so it seemed kind of daunting, but then I kind of just started getting my feet wet, and it just sort of came naturally. 
It always seems like much bigger of a task when you're outside of the box. It's true, and you can say that about pretty much anything where you don't know anything about it and it's unfamiliar. It just feels impossible, and then once you get inside it and start doing that work, it's a little easier to take apart. So, in college, you began singing and songwriting. Did you begin releasing some of your music? Did you start playing, like, at open mic nights and, like, gigs like that? What was your first step after you actually began honing your craft as a guitar player and as a songwriter? Um, my first step was to... I was in a band with one of my really good friends in college. We were in, like, a duo. So it was kind of where I got my uh, chops, kind of playing in bars and, yeah, playing in open mics and stuff. Started with a friend in a duo, and then I moved to a rock band that I fronted and wrote all the music for. And then as I started writing more music in the rock band, it started to sound more country and less just what that project was. So I started Sycamore as a side project just to be able to give these songs an outlet and then it became my main focus. And yeah, during that time, I was going through a lot of open mics and locally playing in Calgary a lot and just trying to pound the pavement and network and find people who might believe in the project. And so, yeah, there was a lot of um, like independent artist rhetoric happening. It was just, you know, selling CDs and trying to, you know, I waited tables for a while so I could pay for recording and everything else. A lot of really grassroots for that singer-songwriter background that you see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, that's fantastic. So I see that you ended up winning the 2014 ATB All Albertan Songwriting Contest and then ended up going on to get the CCMA Discovery Award in 2015. So from being a local Calgary singer-songwriter who's just playing gigs here and there and selling CDs, how do you make that transition all the way to the Canadian Country Music Awards? Well, it's, I think especially the country scene is um, somewhat small, and, and so you can kind of make connections maybe a little faster than in other circles, and uh, so the the Alberton Song Contest was just um, something I'd had some other friends sign up for in years previous, and obviously was really appealing to me because it was just a straight up cash prize because sometimes prizes for things like that are like cash value but they're not actually just money and this was just a straight up check for 10k so that was a big motivator I was like wow wow I could it doesn't cost anything to to sign up and to send a song in so I did that and then I think that sort of kicked off the money was actually really helpful because it was I was able to buy you know, an actual recording set up for a while and do a few things, like, that could set me up for my career for a little bit. And I think that probably, you know, had a direct effect on being able to uh, have the discovery thing happen because I was able to sort of just plant my feet a little more firmly in the scene instead of being kind of a part-timer like I was the year previous and then was able to really set my sights and make goals and one of them, I really wanted to be part of the discovery program because they do so much for you and they, they elevate you and they give you visibility. And so um, getting to be a part of that probably was a direct result of winning the contest the year before because I could just be a little more present and I could actually start laying long-term plans because I had a bit, of, a bit of a financial cushion. So that's probably what it was. 
That that definitely always helps as a musician, especially when you're starting out and paving your own path, maybe necessarily p- starting to put together a team and all of those important essential things that yeah. a lot of artists don't realize are a thing until they actually need them. Exactly, yeah. Okay, so I saw in my research that you ended up connecting with... Um, Rhett Atkins through Twitter during one of the CCMA awards. Was it that specific award show that you guys ended up connecting at, or was it a different one? Well, he wasn't actually present at the CCMAs, but you're right. Um, The connection there was uh, the year that I was in Discovery, we were, you know, paid, they paid for us to go out to the award show and actually be at the televised thing. And Thomas Rhett, his Rhett Atkins, son was performing that year and that was the first time I'd ever seen him really play and he was just starting to come up on the scene and I was pretty impressed with his live show so when I got home from CCMAs I remembered that and I thought I should follow him on uh, social media and so I went to follow Thomas Red on Twitter and Twitter suggested more smaller people to follow one of them was Red Aikens and uh I kind of remembered Rhett a little bit from his day as an artist. He had a song about a truck. I didn't really know about him. And I was like, sure, I'll follow him too. Why not? Didn't think much about it. And then, uh, you know, a few hours later, I had a message in my inbox, and it was from Rhett. And he said, "Um, I saw that you followed me, so I went and looked at your YouTube channel, and um, I'm a fan of your stuff, and if there's anything I can do to help, I would love to help. And so from that moment, we got acquainted, and then, I started going down to Nashville every few weeks and um, just being mentored by him. And then eventually he signed me to a publishing deal. So that's it kind of was because of CCMAs that all of that happened. Wow. So that's just watching his son perform a show just somehow ended up leading to so much more through the power of social media and just the interest of just maybe having something that caught his eye. Yeah, I mean, it's it all sounds very fluky and weird, but it's funny how you can peel back the layers and find out how everything really is connected. Well, and a lot of people, like, you'll hear, like, it's a cliche line, but people say a big part of making it is timing and luck, but sometimes it comes down to very much that. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Sometimes it's just being at the right place at the right time it most definitely is and i want to get into one of those places i want to get into how nashville has helped shape you as a songwriter and i want to get into your two eps the one you released when you got to nashville and of course the one you released today california king we're also going to be playing another track off of that ep very soon but first we need to take a moment to shout out our sponsor on today's episode of the DTP and that is Audible. Audible is offering you guys the ambush here at Desert Tiger. They're offering you a one free audio book with a 30-day trial subscription of the Audible service over at audibletrial.com/deserttiger. Let me tell you, Audible has the largest collection of audio programs that you are going to 
find that you're going to enjoy and it's something that I myself definitely enjoy as I am listening to Audible all the time when I'm on the road. Well, I mean, I'm not on the road as much as I was before, but I mean, you guys know, I've definitely got a little bit more downtime here and there to get in that reading, that personal development, and some of that personal enjoyment. And like you guys said, I've been patiently waiting for Under the Black Hat by Jim Ross, and I've been crushing that since it has came out. I've also been listening to Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And you yourself can find whatever it is that interests you over at audibletrial.com slash desert tiger and get your one free audiobook with your 30-day trial subscription today. Now who says it's about time we go ahead and spun another track off of California King? Yeah, that's a great idea. I'm glad that you had it. So why don't we go ahead and spin the first track, the lead track off of this new EP from Sycamore. This is a song you're going to hear us talk about very soon and it is entitled Record High. Everybody's got their medicine and they take it when they need a little homegrown remedy. It might be top shelf self-help. It might work for someone else, but I know what's good for me. Laying on back on a Persian rug, the lights down low, turn the volume up. Alone in my headphones, I can let go. I got
the Desert Tiger Podcast. You begin going down to Nashville and you start crafting songs. I'm sure this is for your album, your EP, Self Medicine. Well, Self Medicine was done kind of before the story of that EP was. We cut the songs a long time before, and we're kind of just waiting for a good time to release. So I actually had that stuff pretty much in the can and done by the time I'd moved down to Nashville. I moved down at the end of 2017, and uh, I think we released it, like, at the very beginning of 2018. So it was pretty much done um, and just really all just needing to be packaged and, and put out. But I started writing kind of just to get my feet wet as a songwriter when I first moved down to Nashville. And then once Self Medicine came out, at the top of 2018, I started thinking, okay, I want to start writing for a new project. And so that's where we are now. Uh, it's, it took about two years, and I just kind of took my time. And now California King is the first sort of taste of, you know, 13 or so songs that I have recorded and done. So, yeah. Oh, wow. So those were actually songs you did beforehand. So now California King is the taste of your Nashville influence. Yeah, it's the really the first, uh, yeah, the first taste of people hearing my move as a songwriter down to Nashville and how that's changed me. Because everything from self medicine was uh, done, yeah, before I moved, so it was still in Canada. Okay, interesting. I actually didn't know that. So now I'm interested to know. Now that you've written this album and you have it ready to release and. As an artist, how have you seen yourself grow as a musician between these two EPs thanks to the move to Nashville and the influences Nashville? And also, I'm interested to know, how has Nashville helped you grow as an individual through these last few years? Those are good questions. Um, I think before I moved to Nashville, I feel like I've, I thought maybe country music had more parameters on it, and I think maybe in the process of making self-medicine, I was still trying to figure out what sort of country artist I wanted to sound like, and I think maybe my motivation for writing some of the songs was just very much, is this country enough, you know, will it be accepted by the country community, and I think that EP versus this one the biggest difference is that I wrote it sort of with a lot more confidence and reassurance that there aren't as many rules as I thought and that I should just make songs that I really enjoy. Not to say that I don't enjoy my previous EP, I really do, but I think there's just a, a bit more confidence and a bit more groundedness going into this EP where I was just sort of like, I don't need to worry about who's going to accept it. And I think it's the priority had just sort of whittled down to, is it something that I really enjoy as an artist? Is it something I'm proud of? And, you know, everything else, you know, I hope people will enjoy it, but that wasn't really my priority when I wrote it. And so I think that's probably the biggest difference is just learning to relax and learning to settle into myself as an artist a bit more and figuring out what I would like to say and how I would like to say it instead of being motivated maybe by fear or by a fear of uh, people not accepting me. Um, I think that's the biggest difference. Okay, wow. 
So definitely a big growth in your confidence as a singer and a songwriter then. Yeah, and like I said, I don't mean to, to say that that I wrote self-medicine <clears throat> under the guise of like, oh, I have to do it this way because no one's going to like me. Like, it wasn't quite that, but I just I do think there was an element of just worry that the um, doing anything super experimental wasn't going to be accepted, and I, I definitely feel like that fear has just faded away with this with this EP. I can definitely hear that within the EP as well. You can definitely hear a lot more exploration, and it kicks off right with the first single, Record High, where yeah. not only does it have a little bit of that pop classic rock influence to it, it also references so many different influences that you then can hear within your music later on in that record, which I find really cool. Yeah, that's really awesome that uh, that you can sense that about it. Because I really, you know, I have a lot of influences, and I really wanted a lot of them to be showcased a little more centrally on this EP, so that's great. Do you have a specific song that writing it just meant really incredible or just like the moment of writing it with like the specific group of people like just was an incredible moments as a songwriter yeah you know the process of writing california king the song was really fun because kind of right off the top i walked into the room and and there was never any expectation that it was going to be a single or that it was going to go to radio and when we kind of established that, it felt like all bets were off and we could produce it to be whatever it needed to be and it ended up kind of being a bit of a, a weird, kind of clever moment on the record. And um, it was really fun to write because I am kind of a lyricist at heart. And so getting to really dig in and make it very language forward and very clever uh, was really exciting for me because you don't always get to be just so outlandish and so i think we kind of just threw caution to the wind with that song and so the the memory of just being so reckless with writing it and just uh creating it with just so much enthusiasm to just let it be whatever it needed to be it's a really cool memory and it ended up you know we ended up liking it and it was just so special that we made it the title of the ep just because it was just so fresh sounding and and it just captured something that doesn't happen again. So, yeah, that was a really cool moment. Hmm. Um, is California King going to end up being the first single from the EP? Do you have an idea what that first single is going to be yet? Um, we have an idea of it. I'm not entirely sure I'm allowed to say, but, um, I mean, there, I mean, there could potentially be more than one single off the EP. We'll see what happens, but... Right now, I'll leave it a little shrouded in mystery what the first single will be. But California King, I think, is just always going to stand on its own and kind of just be its own moment on the EP just because it's just so kind of special and unique by by itself. Okay, awesome. So for those who maybe don't know exactly what that means, what is a California King? <laughs> I don't think anyone knows what it means. <laughs> it's, uh, it, we... We were talking, my, my co-writer Justin and I were talking about king-sized and queen-sized beds for some reason. I think maybe we were talking about shopping or something. And we said California King. And a minute or so went by and then Justin said, we should write a song called California King, but it shouldn't be about 
said we should write it about something else. And so I went home and thought, well, what if a California king is the guy who's kind of like a, he thinks he's a Hollywood movie star in his own brain, and he's kind of just super into himself and thinks every girl should fall in love with him. And when that became the blueprint for the song, I was like, well, what if it's kind of a you're so vain, giving this guy a reality check kind of a song? And so, um, yeah, California King isn't a colloquial phrase. We just made it up, and <laughs> we just thought in some alternate world, maybe that's that's something you could call someone like that. <laughs> well, maybe now in this uh, weird alternate world, maybe that it'll catch on, and maybe hashtag California King will become a thing, and you'll find it in Urban Dictionary maybe. soon. <laughs> maybe. Actually, my mom was uh, talking about some guy the other day, and she didn't have a great opinion of him. And because I was around, she said, you know, I think he's just a California king. <laughs> so oh. maybe it is going to catch on. It's already started. It's already started. Yeah. It's already started. <laughs> going viral. Oh, that's a terrible joke. I am so sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I Didn't get it. even think about it. Didn't even think about it. All right, so what else, I mean, your plans have definitely been shifted going forward, but what else do you have planned going forward as one of the coveted CMT Next Women in Country for 2020? I mean, everything, I guess, is thrown into question a bit now because of the nature of things, but... I mean, if I can, we still have some festival dates booked for the summer, and if those are still going to move forward, I'd love to play them. And some of them are in Canada, and some of them are in the States. And so that was the original plan. And, uh, you know, maybe getting on on a fall tour at the end of the year, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, my priority right now is just, you know, getting this EP out and uh, you know, giving it its, its, you know, highest level of, elevation and just hoping that people really connect to it and uh i think a little bit right now all bets are off we'll just have to see what happens but uh i'm overall just really happy new music is still coming out no this is very very true it's good that these platforms do exist so that people can continue to find new music and so that artists can continue to express and themselves and help give others a means to possibly find a way to express themselves. Yeah, definitely. All right, awesome. So before I ask my last question, where can the people find out more about Sycamore? I'm all over social media, so um, Facebook and Instagram are updated pretty regular. The one thing I always ask people to remember is spell Sycamore with a K, uh, with a K S-Y-K-A-M-O-R-E, and uh, you should be able to find it. This, this is very important. K, not C, like a tree. Yes. <laughs> exactly. All right, fantastic. So, what lasting impact would you like to leave as a singer and as a songwriter? I always, when people ask me this question, I always just hope that my art can somehow live forever, like, because that's all of my favorite songwriters and singers in the world. Their material has this way of transcending generations and people can find, you know, freshness and they can find something to relate to even, you know, 30, 40, 50 years later. And so that's always been my hope with my music is that it will 
you know, age with dignity and that it will have enough substance to really stand the test of time and that, you know, even me, when I look back on it in the past, I can be like, oh, yeah, that's still something people can resonate with and still something that I relate to. And so that's definitely one of my priorities in terms of leaving a legacy Unfortunately, during a really great answer, Sycamore and myself ended up getting disconnected, but thankfully, I think you guys have a decent idea of where she was going with her answer, and I really enjoy her mindset, and I'm incredibly thankful for Sycamore for joining me here on this episode of the Desert Tiger Podcast. And I want you guys to go ahead and give a roaring DTP thank you to Sycamore for doing so. Today on the podcast, the songs that you heard were California King and Record High. Both these tracks, as well as Sycamore's entire new five-track EP, California King, is available right now on your favorite music streaming service. I also have to go ahead and give a big roaring DTP thank you to Mackenzie and the rest of the team over at Strut Entertainment for helping set this interview up. Now, I also have to give one of those roaring DTP thank yous to you guys, the listeners of the podcast, for tuning in once again. If you guys are new, maybe you want to consider joining up with the Ambush, the crew of tigers that we have here. We have no king. We ride together. We are a group, and we roar loud and proud, and that is okay. Bay, bay. Maybe you want to go ahead and join us by hitting that subscribe button. Maybe you also want to go ahead and give the show a five-star review on iTunes. I don't think you guys actually realize just how much those actually help us out. And of course, if you enjoyed this episode enough, maybe you want to share it on your social media. Maybe so much so that maybe you even want to tag me, the Colton G, the Desert Tiger Podcast, or maybe even Sycamore when you do so, so that we can show you a little bit of love for, well, showing us some love. All right. Yeah. Until next week. Go out. Well, I mean, it's really hard to go out, so you guys, let's change this up. I always say go and find your mountain, and you climb your mountain, and when you're climbing your mountain, rocks fell out from underneath you, and that's adversity, and right now we're going through a little bit of adversity, but we can make the most out of these times. Maybe this is the time that you need to finally find that inspiration to start that new vlog, start to start writing some new songs, or heck, maybe even start, you know, planting a garden. Whatever it is that makes your heart sing and makes your heart happy, go out, find it, and do it, and that can be your beautiful mountain, and you can show off your incredible garden tomatoes, and they can be the greatest garden tomatoes you have ever seen. Because they are yours and they are amazing. And until next week, bye-bye.